Yeah, I, I'm Jackson. I have zero experience with carpentry. I studied at a school for historic preservation in Boston and learned about how things were built, you know, 250 years ago. There's a long way to go. I'm nowhere near the top. Not that I thought I was, but there's so much more to do out there. Welcome back to the Passion for Craft podcast. Today, we're going to do a little bit more shop talk with the guys. Uh, last week, Brent just dominated the conversation, so... <laughs> I didn't get a chance. You, you didn't I kept to trying talk. to talk, and he, he like, just hey, kept cutting oh, you hold on, hold on. Yeah. I'm not, let me finish. He was mansplaining. I've got more. <laughs> Back off. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we had a really fun conversation. Kind of turned into a conversation of um, production versus custom, and how do you do that? Uh, is Brent going to turn into the very thing that he hates yes, most? Yes, that's on the this question. Earth? All for money, um, but Root yeah, of all evil. Yeah. So this week, Richard, we uh, want to talk about how you are never going to give up the custom work. No, I don't know, but but we want to talk about the jobs that you have. A little more shop talk. Yeah, yeah. I am right now currently working with Whole Homes on the Barn Dominium project. That's a great project. Yeah, really. I know you love your Barn Dominium. Yeah, big fan of Barndos. But this is like the Barndo to rule all all Barndos. But let's let's talk about let's back up a little bit. You know, you're you you were, uh, and we've talked about this before. But you you basically marketed to homeowners, Mm -hmm. right? For for a long time, that was your world, and you it was burning you out. Right, these are your own words. Was yeah, it burning you up. Yeah, well, I think yeah, it I was. It was burned. It, I was yeah, for sure. I was getting burned out on it. I said that multiple times. No, I'm just I just like, <laughs> I wouldn't pay attention. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, know, you talk. Do, it do, like, do you want to participate and listen? I'd like um, to try, but so uh, and you were just telling us before we got on this thing how you you plan to dominate the the homeowner market. What is that conversation? Well, is, the homeowner, yeah, the homeowner market isn't really something I think people are after, mm-hmm. and I I think that, and for good reason because it's a lot of uh, logistics, you know, driving here or there, all these little tiny jobs that a lot of people just don't want to mess with. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're starting out, it's a good place to be. So, I looked at the market by doing a Google search, you know, mm-hmm. crown molding, you know, wainscoting this area dallas fort and there really was like two guys really marketing to homeowners a lot of the carpenters who work for you they don't even have web pages they don't even have social medias right they're just hey we have a relationship with this builder and that's crazy to think about but that makes sense it is crazy to think about um i talk i remember my mind was blown i talked to this uh carpenter on a job in dallas that we were helping them on and I, I like looked at his van, no phone number, no website, nothing. And I it was, was just, just like, a white van. It said free candy on the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, how do you stay busy? He's like, well, we work for, it was Coates Homes. He's like, well, we work for Coates Homes and he has us on this house and we go to this house. No I was just way. like, wow, that's crazy. But that's, yeah. that is typical. I yeah. was, I was non-typical working direct for the homeowner. So what I did was I just, said, hey, I'm going to make a website. I'm going to put myself out there like a business. And it was it. It, was, it worked. Yeah. Capitalism worked. I just made something and then took off with it. And it really wasn't hard to do just because, I mean, even now it wouldn't be hard to do mm-hmm. because there's no no one really trying to do that. Yeah. So, like, so which is better? I like working for the builder better. Because? Because 
of the kind of logistical nightmare of working for homeowners of saying like, Hey, I've got my dog chewed up the window stool. Um, can you come fix it? So I'm like, okay, there it goes. How much can I charge for this really? Right. You know? And I even would tell people like, you know, it's, do you have anything else we can do? Cause mm -hmm. for us to come do that, it's not even really worth it. Right. You know, I'm going to have to charge you a lot to make it worth my day to go do it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they would say, well, I need it fixed. So just come do it anyways, charge me, whatever. But there's just the logistics of it. Like, you know, it just, it's a nightmare. It really is. So I'm, I'm constantly like, we are a two man crew. Uh, and we, I would be like doing jobs with John. And then I'd be like, Hey, finish up this job. I got to go measure and talk to these three people. So it was yeah. in, all in one day. I remember one day we drove around all of Dallas and North Dallas and we, we stopped at like seven houses <sighs> and just looked at all these different jobs. And, you know, some of them we was got. Was that quoting it or banging them out? Or? No, no, that was quoting it okay, only. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, we can only do like one job a day. What mm -hmm. percentage of, of jobs that you quoted back then were you getting? Like 100 99 percent 100 yeah. which is why you said in that previous episode your buddy said raise your prices yeah my friend another youtuber vcg construction we were Shout talking out. and um he he was like well you know we were talking kind of like this how, how much of these jobs are you getting I'm like all of them he's like you gotta go up in your prices man mm -hmm. like what are you doing so that was a light bulb that went off with that one yeah. so yeah i like working for the builder way more just because i feel like it's Another thing is the builder is often often more educated. I can say that I haven't worked for anyone really other than you guys, <laughs> but I've worked for like a, two or three. Yeah. And they are more educated than the homeowner in every case. You guys are, you know, obviously an exemplary ver um, version of that. But um, yeah, the homeowner is just like, you're not going to really get to do anything fun. I feel mm. like. You know, I think it's, I, I I feel like the homeowner thing. We've we've had this conversation before. They uh, take advantage of you, and they don't have appreciation for your skill. They don't have appreciation for your professionalism. Certainly. And so yeah. I, I know that some of the comments around our team is, you know, Richard's great. You know, he he says what he he does what he says he's going to do. He shows up. His work is really good. He cares. The homeowners like him. Right. And so you can stop blushing. It's you, okay. you, you make us look cool. good, yeah. right? You, you improve <laughs> us. And so, you know, as a builder, you know, you're wanting to bring the best team that you can to your client, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're, you want people to, you know, shower and, and you know, have a you know, decent truck and, and, you know, clean up after themselves. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, like, what does he mean? Shower? You mean literally shower. take a shower. I know what you're talking about. There's there, some rugged, there's some guys rugged out there. guys out there and there's, you know, they're not really, you know, people you want in your job. Um, if a guy doesn't take care of himself, you know, physically, you know, the, 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 there's a high likelihood he's not taking care of the work he's doing. You know, I agree. There, I, I, I think I have one subcontractor, and one of the designers described him as pig pen. Uh, uh -oh. Remember, in, in, in a good way. Well, kind of in a good way. <laughs> you know, pig pen would walk. It, we're talking about Charles Schultz and Snoopy and, and Charlie Brown. Oh, and he had a friend. You didn't know. I the yeah. one who had like the cloud around yeah him. he had a yeah. cloud around him he, when he'd walk and there'd be a little these lines of a cloud around him. that's just funny like, 
And the designer said that, you know, he's like Pigpen and he would show up and then out of this dirty cloud would come this <laughs> magical, beautiful piece that you're like, how in the world does this guy produce this? Because he's, you know, I mean, his shop was dirty and still is. And, you know, he he is an artist though, right? He he yeah. is that artist person. I was gonna say there and, is there is this small archetype. Like I feel like in construction it's harder to find it more often, but like there is that archetype of person who um oh the big short had the guy Michael Michael Burrow or whatever yeah. his name was is just doesn't care about anything but the thing that they really care about. And it kind of sounds like this guy is is no, that kind of guy. It is know? that's true. And, and the guy I was describing on these jobs would be the uh, the guy who fell backwards into construction, yeah. right? Who 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 uh, yeah. is nearly going to prison, yeah, <laughs> and has probably been thrown in jail a few times, yeah. and it's tatted up on his body, and you know. It, there's beer cans strewn in the back of his truck mm -hmm. and just, you know, but he's a decent carpenter. Usually they're a framer. Sorry guys. If you're a framer out there, there, are, to our there, are, there are stereotypes for, you know, the rougher crews on those jobs are the framers and, um, they're guys you don't want in your job. And so the whole point was that, you know, <laughs> we you, love our framers. You out show there. up and you are, uh, you know, professional and talented. You know what you're doing. You're respectful and clean shaven. That, that, no that's cats, a gray plus. hair. Well, my, my dad always told me if you don't finish high school, you can finish concrete. So <laughs> there's always that. <laughs> no, that's actually a, a concrete joke. That that's a funny con one. Concrete guys tell a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, the, uh, <laughs> so you are, uh, I just wanted to go back, just remind people of where you were, what you'd come from. And I thought it was a funny comment that you're like, I ruled that market, right? And so... Yeah, and people loved us because of that. And I think even in that market, you had those pig pens, you know? Yeah. And I would I would see those guys, like a lot of times we would come and correct what they did. Like a, a lot of our work was like someone some yahoo off the street bought a miter saw and started a carpentry company and they're mm -hmm. like oh yeah we can do this i mean i i can show you all pictures and stuff of some yeah. of the stuff we've taken out where then they work with us and they're like it's what you said like you know we form a relationship with yeah. the homeowner i have people constantly calling back and saying like hey we moved or hey you know whatever we want you to come do this thing and now i just tell them like we're we're just really busy right now. We yeah. can't do it. What is their reaction when you say that? Like they're sad uh, it's because there's a hole there yeah. in the market. I know like what we talked about. You know, I don't know when the episode was, but when you stop doing custom, there's a hole there. You yeah. know, someone's got to fill it, and you know, and this hole isn't really something I don't feel like a lot of people want to fill. You know, because now that I've seen the build side of it. I really don't want to go the builder side. I don't want to go back to that homeowner yeah. side. Mm -hmm. Although I will, like I mean, but but you and I think partly it's it's because you have um, found a professional network, right? Mm -hmm. There there is uh, people who care as much about building as you do. They are very professional. They understand what you're quoting. They understand what you're doing. They appreciate you. You know appreciate you being there and so mm -hmm. that's a nice environment to work with yeah work in right yeah and i remember one of the first jobs and I, and it, the other thing is like with when working with you guys i don't talk to the homeowner mm -hmm. i just like i know where i stand in the world in that world so i just don't talk to one 
one of the ones that we worked for was just talk to me be very talkative yeah and uh, i remember telling him like i love your house i yeah. love i love the architect who built your house mm -hmm. and like this is an amazing place right. so you know and he was just like after that he was like always come up to me and be like hey what's up dude yeah. how are you doing so um it was cool just to kind of form that relationship but understand the boundary like you for know, sure. I don't know. I feel like you got to know where you stand in the world. So yeah, there's part of me who like misses talking to the homeowner, mm -hmm. but the other half is like, I'm glad I don't have to deal with them anymore. Say, you know, yeah. like that type of thing. But um, it so, can go either way. So tell us, you know, so now you were saying earlier that this is the fourth project you've worked for us, the Barnuminium project. Mm -hmm. I think you said that. Fourth. Yeah, there's been like it's a barn donor. What did I, I say? You said a Barndominium project. I thought it was just like a really nice barn, but we've been no, calling it a barn. No, you call it a Barndominium. Yeah, we call really? it a Barndominium. That's funny. Yeah. yeah, so there's been a handful of things I helped you on. I was just like, wherever you need us, you know, just tell us. But yeah, well, there's been little things and some really cool things. Like my favorite thing I think we did for you is the Palladian window restoration. Oh, really? That was really cool. It's a cool one. Yeah. Why That's, did you like that? Because I never really did exterior stuff. So I got to learn about a lot about flashing, a lot about the wood, a lot about working on the exterior outside of a home. Mm -hmm. I got to do something that was like so far back into history, yeah. Palladio, you know, like that. It was really cool. So that's neat. And I and I did the whole. Well, you know, shout out to John, but our team, two guys, we did the whole thing. Right. Like it was all rotted out. Stewart's like, hey, replace it. Yeah. Like, Okay, what we did, we took pictures, measurements, wrote it all down because we wanted to put it back together. Exactly the way it was. So we made like a little, you know, schematic, like a Lego, you know, yeah. instructions like this goes here because we didn't want to screw it up. Right. So when we were done, it was rewarding to take the scaffold down and like look at that and be like, whoa, that's we did that. Yeah. cool. It's restored. That's really and I neat. got to stab it with the chisel because it was all right here is extremely soft. I mean, look at my chisel just going into that. What the heck? Mushy. Yeah, it made that weird sound whenever you stabbed yeah, it. Yeah, it was, was so, so strange. <laughs> Sounded like stabbing into cake or something. Yeah. Uh, I have so, a question yeah. on the homeowner side thing. Sorry, I know we jumped ahead a little, but coming back to that homeowner thing, you're talking about um, not having to deal with them anymore. Um, I just can't imagine, and I know you've told a bunch of the stories on the podcast before, but of working with a homeowner who is like sitting in their house watching you work. Like, is that how it worked every time or like most of the time? No, I would say 90% of the time they're like, all right, let me know if you need anything. Yeah. I'm going to work. Or okay. I've got to go take my kid to do this. Yeah. We'll be around. Or a lot of times they wouldn't even be, they'd be out of town. Right. And they would say the key's under the mat. Wow. You know? Yeah. That's so, high trust, I feel like. But, Is that normal? But probably, yo, yeah, that's really normal. Cool. Uh, but probably 10% of the time you have people who are really interested in like what you're doing. And mm -hmm. like, it could be for several reasons. Like, I just want to see how it's done. Yeah. You know, maybe they're a DIY type who was kind of intimidated to take this on. So they're like, you know, I would have done it myself, but I just don't have yeah. the time. And they're watching, which is fine, you know. Yeah. But um it wasn't bad, really. I cool. mean, it, there, it was nothing. I wouldn't even say it's an issue of them, them watching or doing anything. But um, when and when I said that, I don't like, like kind of part of me doesn't like talking to the homeowner. Like it's nice to not, it wasn't really like saying, 
anything negative about them. It was yeah. just like, cool. I show up. Project manager says we're doing this today. Yeah, do it. You know, and then and then they're the one who's dealing with the homeowner. They're the one who's engaging. Yes, with they're dealing with everything. Yeah, they're dealing with uh, the builder, homeowner, designer, all the trades, organizing totally. the logistics of the job. So it's nice to I'm just. I'm sure that stuff is nice <laughs> to not have to deal with. Yeah, so it's it's nice to just be like, here's what you're on today. Do it. Yeah, because I'm very task oriented. Mm -hmm. Like, like those like we talk about doing custom jobs where you're reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. Those are, that's as fun as it is. It's frustrating because a lot of it's standing around talking, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like that phrase at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, there's usually more said than done. <laughs> <laughs> those when you're doing stuff like that, you feel like you didn't accomplish much, Yeah. but those conversations need to happen mm -hmm. or how you're going to figure out how to put this together. Yeah. So, so, you know, this is the first, uh, big, bid job you've done for us this is the first big bid job i've done <laughs> period so yeah. walk us through so guys just so you know the uh we're this big barndo project we are um richard has come out him tom and john and uh they, they his crew his crew right and so we, we had a mandate by the homeowner hey you know get these costs figured out we want to we want to hit x Mm -hmm. And so one of the big variances was, was trim carpentry. And so, mm -hmm. uh, we didn't have enough money into it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you guys bid it and we had to get prices from other trim carpenters, tried to walk them through it. And then, you know, but walk us through kind of this job, you know, the first big job you bid, everything Wait, what else. What do you mean by you didn't have enough money into it? Um, in the budget, in the budget, the budget that we built for this client, Got we it. did not have, because here's what happened with this client. Typically on our projects today, um, it is more than just, uh, a homeowner and us, right? There's a designer, there's an architect, uh, we contract out engineers. Sometimes there's a lighting designer. So who builds the budget? The builder. We do. Okay. So, but what happens on nearly all our jobs is that. As you get into it, uh, especially with the remodel, you go, "Hey, while we're here, what about if we did this? What if mm -hmm. what happens if this happened? What if we did this?" Or when you start the 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 project, the designer comes in, gets inspired by something. Oh, by the way, we were with the client down in you know Houston or over in France, and we saw this thing. We'd really like to incorporate this, and so these jobs evolve. They're fluid. They're not set in stone. So you you. We had an initial budget for what we thought we were going to spend on trim and, you know, finish out. And it's now more. Okay. So the, because of the scope creep, because of design changes and things like that, going from stain grade, from paint grade to stain grade wood, you know, because what happens is, for instance, in the basement of this thing, we're using Pecky Cypress. Pecky Cypress is a type of cypress with a fungal growth in it that causes it to have these, you know, these open open pores and so um it looks like wood that's been you know beat up and so it has oh, character character yeah, yeah, yeah. in it yeah and so we have to build a sample we have to you know 
put that sample up. It's got to be the right size. You're, you're, you're tweaking samples. Then the homeowner's got to come in and look at it. Then the designer has to look at it and say, oh, we want this finish on it. So there's a number of steps before you finally know what's going to be and in place. And that's all eating into the trim budget. Hmm. All eating the samples that you're building, everything else are eating into the trim budget. And so you know, the, we were low for the number that we put in there. It had grown. The, the, the number of things that we were trying to do had grown. And so we didn't have enough money in there. That's right. what that means. I get you now. And and uh, from what I understand, like it was just since it was a barn dominium, it was gonna all be basic. But as I guess inspiration hit with the designer, they were like, "Oh, let's do this and that," and that's why, why there, it that's why there wasn't enough. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you you were bidding this job. That's where mm-hmm. we were. So. Yes. Yeah. So uh, um, walk us through you know bidding it and and you know trying to put were you anxious you weren't going to get it were you were you thinking about it that way no i wasn't thinking about it that way i was just thinking well here's what it would take i talked to tom who we talked about whenever we're um discussing you know in the last uh, i don't know when the episode was but tom's a very experienced uh, trim carpenter he's been doing it for 35 years so i used him as a consultant to say because basically all you're doing when you're pricing something is and, and that quote includes the materials yeah so we're we're saying all right casing this door here's what we're going to need material wise here's how long it's going to take and then we go through every item like that yeah so i have this big chunk of offcut windsor one Mm -hmm. that i wrote i went down one day and wrote everything on and i was like i mean this is the highest thing i ever bid but i'm sitting here looking at this and yeah, that's going to take a while. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying the material. I mean, so, here you go. You so know? <laughs> what what he did was a you know stick estimation. And so the, there, there's there's two ways to estimate, right? You can estimate by the square foot. You can estimate by the, the actual stick. And so he did a stick estimation. He said, I've got this many pieces of trim that go around this one. It's going to take me this long to do that. Here's what the material costs. Here's, here's what install costs. And came up with a number for trimming out a door or a window. Mm-hmm. Um, in estimation, in estimating things, you can do things by the square foot, by t- time material, by mm-hmm. you know uh, stick estimation, time material, and cost plus. Uh, well, time and material ends up being a kind of a cost plus. Okay. I just some saying words. And so, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, th- th- there's different ways of doing that. He did a, a stick estimation, which was which was an itemized estimation. Another way of saying it, mm-hmm. and a lot of homeowners and and other people love the love that estimation because they know makes sense. They've got everything there, yeah. and if they're thinking of something that they're like, okay, well, I know that's not in there because everything else is itemized. Exactly. Yeah. As that's opposed why I to saying. Um, what happens is a trim on this budget will be, you know, X per square foot. Yeah, because the other guys, just so you know, they gave us a weekly rate. Okay, but th- there was an hourly, weekly rate that they were giving us. I'll have this many guys on your job for this many weeks, and it'll cost this much, right? The problem is, is they are saying we don't really know how long it's going to cost. We're just, you know, here's an estimate. So their estimate may have actually been less money. Yeah, but. If it went over, we were going to pay for it. Right. And the likelihood on our jobs that things go over is likely. Yeah. And so, because we're talking about a lot of detail, a lot of everything else. And so, you know, both the other carpenters, we felt like we're like, you know, no, we can't, we don't trust those numbers. We yeah. don't trust that thing. So just letting you know, you know, we, we think we had another guy that might've been less, but in the homeowner was pushing us. I want someone less. Now, point being too, 
everybody that we were bringing on that job had the quality and the ability to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. There was no one that we were talking to that didn't have the ability to do it. Yeah. And so, um, but knowing this other guy, knowing who he was, having worked with him before, with. I was like, this guy's going to screw us. It was really, really, literally our conversation. It was like, you know, we don't trust his hourly estimation and weekly estimation. So you're saying this guy is going to screw us. Do you mean the whole company or do you mean um, the owner of the house, us? Well, we're responsible to the owner. So us, when I, us, the builder, okay. right? It, 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 because he's going like, to put us who, who in a incur- bad situation. Who incurs the cost if you pick that guy? Does that make sense? Like, does the homeowner incur the cost, you, right? or do you? No, the homeowner is a cost. We were a cost plus builder, so we would, we would, we would. Uh, uh, the homeowner would ultimately pay. But okay. here's what happens: if I go back to the homeowner and say, "We're going to get it done for this," yeah, okay, and then it, 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 I, the last thing I want is to go back to him and say, "Yeah, it's going to cost more." We did not get it done in time. It's going to cost you. More. Yeah, it, because it makes me look incompetent. It makes me look like I don't know what I'm doing. So. That's the last conversation I want. And so I, I'm looking for a surety. I'm looking for, you know, confidence to be able to look at the owner and say, you know, this. Now, the other thing that we do as builders, the whole company does, is if I screw something up, I'm not going to charge the homeowner for that. Right. right? If I, mm-hmm. and so for this particular instance of trim and estimating the total amount of trim, there are going to be things that are going to come up that um, – I want to be able to itemize and say, look, we did we did these five things and and this is why it costs more, which is a much easier conversation than to go to the homeowner and go, yeah, it's going to take a week longer and cost 13000 Well, why? I don't know. It's just taking longer, yeah. <laughs> right? Which one's better? Yeah. You know, yeah, with mine, you're like saying, like, here's my number. Right. No matter how long it takes me, not that I'm going to take. Here's time. something the 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 right. designer added. Here's something the homeowner added. Here's something that you know. And so it's it's it look, also our, so cus- it our customers to- know that things cost a lot of money, right. and so that they're not scared of that, but they want responsibility. They want you know. Compet- they want to know they where want, the money is going. They want competency, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so if I come back to them and say, "Yeah, it's just costing more," I don't look competent, mm-hmm. and it also protects me because I'm like, "Well, if it's not on here." You know, I'm not I can add it, it yeah, on yeah, there yeah. if you want to do it. And, and I mean, you're carrying some risk because if that door doesn't cost you fifteen hundred dollars, it costs you eighteen hundred dollars. You know, it's on you, right? And so, yeah, I don't come to hole and say, "Oh man, you know, I really messed up." <laughs> I, I, and Wait, I've so, lost money on so jobs out in the homeowner world too. How does it often. work? On, but how does it work for you if you don't get it done? So, like, you've done a, a stick estimate. New words. Um, new to me too. Yeah, it's exciting. But <laughs> so you did your stick estimate, and then you let's say your stick estimate. Just so is you know, the, it comes from the thing where you have a set of plans and you're counting sticks, sticks in the wall. Yeah. You're counting studs in the wall, and it's a stick estimate. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's where no. that term comes from. Well, so you you have your stick. You know how many you know pieces that you're going to have, and then I'm assuming you have an hourly, daily rate, and you've estimated the job as we're going to take this amount of time. I'm assuming. Exactly. Okay, and then. From there, let's say, uh, I don't know. I, I can't think of a common mistake on the job because I haven't been on many jobs. But let's say the door guy delivers you sapili wood instead of longleaf pine, two that I know mm-hmm. offhand. Um, <laughs> what, 
what does that look like for you? Because now it's going to take you longer to do the door and your time has been extended and you messed up. Do you eat that cost or does he eat that cost slash the homeowner, homeowner eat that cost? Like how does that work? Well, I feel like that one wouldn't be because I was delivered the wrong thing. I don't know. That's a, I need to think well, of I a guess, better. I guess I don't have a better like but, but something, it, but something goes wrong on the job I site. Mean, here, and you need it, it, let me answer that. It takes longer. It's his. Okay. Okay. He screws something up. He's he's paying for it, right? Like now, you, like you now that wrong, that, that example it won't happen, right? right? Because you know we're using Windsor and we've got we've got our thing figured out. Windsor's and so great. We can come up with a scenario, a weird scenario that 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 you know. I guess it, I'm it just looks think- looks like well, who's going to pay for that? What happens at that time is that Richard and I, or Richard and Brad, my project manager, sit down and go. And, and we just look at it and go, is this, what's fair, right? Yeah. This is what happened. A tornado came through and knocked things go. down, right? Example. And so, and, and, and blew the, 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 all the trim off the outside of the house. Who's paying for that, right? Well, uh, you know, it, it's probably insurance. <laughs> it's probably things, but. Yeah, but I got a good example. Okay. Let's yeah. say I put, I. You install I, something? I right? install something. Base. It's a one by six base is what yeah. we're using there. And the homeowner walks through and says like, Oh, can we do a one by eight? I don't know. Cool. Something designer. Yeah. In one of those situations, then it's obvious that they're paying for it. They're right? paying for it. Okay. I think in another situation, like a crazy situation, like a tornado type thing, it is just a discussion. Yeah. Yeah. What happens if, no, this is, this is kind of funny because one of my friends is going through this, but, uh, <laughs> Well, he's not going through this exact situation. But let's say you install something wrong. Like you don't do it. Uh, you don't do a good job at all. Okay. Okay. And you just like completely mess it up. Butcher it. Yeah. Yeah. You, John, and Tom all come into work drunk and are just <laughs> They don't drink, so. Um, but we, we, let's just say it's not up crazy. to the standards. Exactly. And they see it and they're like, hey. So is that you incurring that cost? For sure. Cool. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, that's so interesting to see who holds the beak. Like, but, in each but here, step here's of the way. what's here, and I think it's an irrelevant conversation because he's not going to install something um, wrong. Wrong. Yeah. In, well, in, in other in other words, <laughs> in other words, that the things that we that another trim carpenter might come in and think is acceptable, he wouldn't think is acceptable. Right. For instance, forty fives don't really meet very well. Right. Yeah. Gaps in the gaps in the trim. Um, just things cut too short, maybe, uh, saw marks still seen on the edge of a board or something like that. Richard doesn't do those. Those are, those are things that cheap trim carpenters who are used to banging it out. Don't really care. Yeah. Well, well, the painter's going to come take care of that. Right. Mm -hmm. That's not a conversation we're having, but that's a conversation a builder could have with a trim carpenter saying, look, this isn't acceptable. Yeah. We Mm -hmm. have a standard in this job. And then that becomes a big stink. Because the trim carpenter is going to, well, what the hell's wrong with that? Because you know the the painter is going to caulk that. Yeah. It is going to look fine, and 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 the builder says that's not the quality that we're going to have here. Right now, that's that's a relationship that probably not going to go past that job. But <laughs> but who who pays for it? That's a that's a good question. Uh, if that trim carpenter is really stubborn he's probably walking away mm-hmm. and the builder's paying for it to get it fixed right. Well, but, if you're asking me, then I, I will. And I've told you this before. Yeah. If you see something you don't like, tell me I'll fix it. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like, oh, you're charging more for this. But you're so unique, like where you care about like such a good job and quality work and you like looking back and going, look at this fun thing we built, which yeah. is why it's so 
like because I could totally see the other guy, the pig pen guy. Not the, not. Well, we pig, we had it. We had a guy on another job um, who, and I'm not going to say any more. But um, he was <laughs> he was a young carpenter who who was trying, and he just didn't have enough experience, and he left joints like that. And we basically parted ways uh, or didn't give him any more work because his quality wasn't there. Um, did you say come back to us when you're more experienced? Uh huh. We did. It's yeah, it's never like, oh, you suck. And yeah, you know, it's, I think it's no, always. I think just... he had aspirations to be able to do the work we and, and then got on our jobs and realized he didn't really quite have the ability and skill and experience to really do that. And so that happens. Yeah, he and I think punted his coverage or right. The yeah. first thing I remember when I did that first project with you, I was like, <laughs> I was so nervous. I was just like. If it's not good, tell me. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go we'll away. We'll still be friends. Uh, you know, I don't care. Yeah. If we're not ready, we're not ready. Right. You know? That's so. cool. So, you know, now we've gone back to kind of you're now doing this job, right? And, mm-hmm. and and you've bid it. How's it going, right? Are you, are you hitting your numbers? Are you, you know, are you being successful so far check in with the boss is, is it is it is it things where you're meeting with your team and going hey this isn't really working right Let, let's try this can we talk about this off camera no <laughs> starts getting nervous oh crap no um it's going good i think some of this stuff has taken me a little bit longer than expected but some of the stuff is going quicker than expected you know so it's like a balance like where i'm looking at something like Oh no, maybe I should have. Can you explain to me bit. like what you? Yeah, what give us an example. Can you think of Yeah, like, um, like I would say, well, I guess the silo is taking a little bit longer than I thought, and then we're going to be starting. What works? So, the, si- the, so the silo is a was that a sixteen foot circumference uh, something like diameter? That. Yeah, um, diameter or circumference is a big difference. It's a diameter, diameter. like okay. across, right? Yeah. And so all the way across, it's, it's basically an historic silo. We, we built a new historic silo and he's wrapping the inside. <laughs> soul, yeah. yeah. Fake story. He's <laughs> wrapping uh, the inside with a vertical beadboard with a, with a cap mm-hmm. that's requiring a, you know, radius work. And that would make sense that radius work would take longer than you thought. Yeah. And then on some of the other, like, are just, you bending wood? No, we're, we're, so the tongue and groove is locking together. Yeah. And then we're using other stuff to round it. But some of the stuff I'm, I'm, uh, like doing better on, I guess I should say, is like taking less time is like the high windows. Cause I was just like, man, this is going to take forever being on the scaffold. But what we did is we just have a system where I'm measuring and then calling it out. And John's, you know, handing me the pieces. Yeah. So like, Went, you're not going. Went. You're not going up and down a ladder. Yeah. You're not. Yeah, that's huge. But we are having to like move the scaffold around, so it's taking some time. But I don't know. It's it's going good overall. You know, yeah. it, it's curious to me that um, you know, thinking about those other guys that are that aren't even bidding it right. They're not. They're not giving me a an estimation and stuff like that. That's got to be a product of the market and just having too much work. Too much work. And 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 those guys going. Look, things are really busy right now. I don't really have to uh, do that kind of bidding because, you know, we got plenty of work. And, yeah, you know, for just sure. go use somebody else because, you know, I've got three other jobs, that, but here's our weekly rate. And they've gotten to the point of just being, you know, here's my weekly rate. We're really fair. Let's just go. And, and they're competent guys. They, they know what they're doing. It's, it's uh, you know, 
going back to estimation real quick, there is a value in getting to the point where you've done it enough and you can look at it and go, uh, you know, if you put $3 a linear foot to this stuff, then you pretty much got it figured out or, you know, it, you know it, how much the materials cost, you know, how much you're, because there's a bill as a, as a, you know, how long did it take you to put that estimate together? Like 10 hours. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a full day lost, right. Doing estimating. Mm -hmm. And whereas, it, you know, let's say you had eight builders calling you all looking at different projects like that thing. <laughs> That'd be my life. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. you'd spend all your time. And it's the reason why guys like uh, Dan Parrish has a full-time estimator yeah. or two, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they're always looking at stuff, always have to estimate stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, Crazy. and it's why those other guys who are, you know, one shop people, you know, one team people and aren't as big as Dan are like, look, here's my weekly rate because mm -hmm. they just don't have time to estimate. And yeah. so, Anyway, it's just uh, yeah, and I, and even sometimes I feel like you know they might be like, man, this is a this is far out here in the country. Yeah. Like, I don't do I even want right. to come out here? You know, because it's a it's, the drive time. Is yeah, part it's, of your it's day. a barn dominium, yeah. so it's out in the country. So that could play into it too. Maybe they're just like. So you, you were talking about um, you know the, the wins wins and losses, and like mm -hmm. we have wins and losses on all our jobs, oh, right? For sure. You just you, you some things you do really well, and some things don't. Um, how, how far on into the job are you? 20%, 50%, 30%? I would say probably right around 50, a lot of my 50%. I would say a lot of my line items on there. Cause I separate everything. Mm -hmm. Like if there's baseboard in this bedroom, bedroom one baseboard, yeah. bam, bedroom two, ba that stuff's going to fly. Yeah. But that can't get done until the floor goes in. Mm -hmm. So a lot of that's just, you know. Are you all doing the floor? No. Okay. No, we don't do So floor. you just got to wait for someone to go finish the floor, sand it. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like right now we've got all the doors in, yeah. all the pocket doors. We have to build a slab for one under the silo. Do you like pocket one, doors? This is just I an do. aside. Really? Yeah, I do like them. Do mm -hmm. you know how to make them so they don't work? Or they don't not work? <laughs> they don't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all in the hardware. Really? We used yeah. um, Johnson soft close hardware. Do you do soft top and bottom? Soft close. Top and, and no, the, the bottom is a little guide track. So you curf a, a slot in the door and it, it slides into that. Like this is the door and then there's your. I've never met a pocket door I don't hate. Because you yeah, don't have good, that good hardware. Because it's crappy hardware. We have one in our house. So yeah, we've got really. Our house was built in the 60s and that door has not been changed. And it, it, is, it they're, sucks. They're plastic wheels on a aluminum track filled with dirt, <laughs> and they 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 rattle and roll and they squeak and they're rum, noisy. Rum, 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 rum. like it. The wood like just bang, 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 in between. The, no in track, the right? And so no track on the bottom. Yeah, it's 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 bad. Yeah. Well, this is really good. You okay. need to go out there and open and close a few. I ones. would love to. Yeah. So we got all those in. Yeah. Uh, that was this week. We got a lot of the casing on. Um, we've got a lot of the windows trimmed. So I would say 50%. I would say a big part of that thing is pretty basic, but a big part of that, the other 50 is, uh, the pecky cypress thing, you know, that's mm -hmm. when that's are you going to start on that? Probably in two, three weeks. Yeah. How uh, does, wait, sorry, this is more just logistical questions. How do you make it round in the, in the, what's it called silo? silo. Well, you can use flex, which is what we're using. You can use... What does that mean? You can bend... Flex wood? You get molding profiles that are in um, 
resin, yeah. basically. Um, it's a flexible resin, like a rubber that, that is shaped like a molding, right? So we call them flex molds because they are... You flexible can, mold. You can, you, can, <laughs> you can order them. A lot of the companies will make them their standard profiles in that flex mold. And so... Yeah. Now, let's just talk real quick about that. So we got a circular sideway, 16, silo, 16 feet in diameter. Yeah. Um, isn't it 16 or is it 12? You know what? I never even measured across it because I didn't it have a reason to. It seems too big. Maybe it's 12. Anyway, um, well, it's probably close to 16. It's, anyway, so we've got these moldings, a cap molding, yeah. and then a molding that goes underneath the cap. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how are you going to build a circular molding, like a bed molding? So... We had the, I think those moldings were like four or five thousand dollars each, and it we had crazy. we had to compare it to because I think the total flex molding package was like twelve or fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, how else do you do it? Well, you you could, you know, run it in wood, but to run it in wood, you have to you know basically cut the shape out and then run it through a molder, a, a circular molder mm-hmm. that's going to going to shape the thing on a piece of wood. And so both are very time consuming yeah. and both are expensive. And so it's the reason why circular work is, is the piece that he brought up and said, mm-hmm. you know, we might take a little bit longer yeah. Yeah. because it's harder, right? Mm-hmm. Everything, everything requires more work. It's cool. I was curious how you did it because in my mind, I'm like, how do you, even get well, it flush against the on some you know, of it, thing. we had, we we just got our flexes in the other day. But before that, we already started trimming these doors out that are in there, and the doors are on you know on a radius. radius. So the trim, what ha- the trim is all wood. We were able to kerf the Windsor, so we just cut like a you know a kerf. You know what? Do you know what kerf is? Like uh, where you basically take a-, a board and you cut like a a kerf is the track. After a saw blade goes through it, it leaves a kerf in the wood. The the, the cut is yeah. the, called the kerf. Yeah. So basically, you make a cut every for this one I did every inch, half inch deep, and just cut, cut, cut. cut. Yeah. So the board when you pick it up is kind of like a noodle. Can bend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So for that, all the doors are all wood. Yeah. It's it's the other stuff that's going to be flex. So cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that that takes a while, you know. Yeah, to yeah do that. but that's and, crazy. Mm-hmm. And then there's bent lamination in there with some of the beaded moldings. Uh-huh. So bent lamination is kind of a similar. You just rip a bunch of strips and then push them into place mm-hmm. and glue them and pin them in there. Um, but yeah, it's looking good. Like I'm, it looks really cool. It's going to be an awesome, <laughs> yeah. awesome project. So um, you're halfway through the project, <laughs> right? When when will you start looking for new work? Right, you get you probably got another month out there. I mean, like so, as you plan your team, do you have enough work that you know in three weeks or four weeks when you're done with this project that you immediately move them over, or are you is your team small enough where it's just like, yeah, go take a break for a few days, guys, and let me go find something. Let's find our next deal. Well, remember, I have YouTube still, so when we are off, like my ideal. Yeah, this is what I want to know. So yeah, my ideal thing is. If we're not working with you, I'm making videos at home. Mm-hmm. So that's and then and then Tom, Tom is a tool inventor, so he doesn't need the work. Yeah. He's 61. <clears throat> He's pretty much retired. He just likes helping. He likes making the extra money. Yeah. Um. So it's a unique. I'm in a un- very unique situation. Like I don't know who else on the world is in this kind of situation. So, mm-hmm. but um. 
So I'm not look. I'm not really looking for anything until you're like, hey, Thistle Hill's ready, <laughs> you know, or yeah. see, whatever you have. How long, how long could you go uh, without work? Well, before they switched up the stupid algorithm, <laughs> I could have went like a month, but probably not much now. Maybe like a week or two. Yeah, but yeah. but it's there's a trade off though because during that week I'll be making videos daily. Yeah. So then my revenue goes up. Mm-hmm. So it's just so. It's do you ever? Um, do you ever? Let's talk about cash flow, right? I mean, are, are we paying you whatever we pay you every two weeks? Yeah. So I've been actually but, getting a payment like every week for some reason. Uh, good. Um, the the. Uh, um, it's good. It's fine. The cash flow is fine. But do you do you have like a lot of businesses struggle with cash flow, and so because you, you don't know, have a ton of crazy overhead, do you? Be, yeah, exactly. Because the the YouTube they pay monthly, right? Mo- yeah, on the twenty first every month. So they're paying monthly. You're getting you know weekly. But I'm just thinking, you know, you said I can only go a week or so. That's a cash flow thing, typically. Yeah. Right. That that means that cash is run out. I need to go find something to do. Mm-hmm. Is that an accurate statement? Or I think that it is accurate. Yeah. The um. But I've never had that problem where I've haven't had anything for a week. Because I I can always you find something to do. Too. Yeah, well I have. How do you find something to do? I have my website still out there. If I need to make money to pay bills, I have a number of emails that come in. I mean, a week. I, I just wanted to say that is a really unique um, and and <laughs> and and a wise you know you way to this. set up your business that you would have that kind of uh, almost like freedom. Yeah, almost like or, freedom to to to. You know, one to pick and choose. And I guess you've been doing this long enough that that you know, you've been doing this. You, you haven't been in business two years. Yeah, where you're still trying to build up clientele. And oh yeah, else. yeah. So you've yeah. been doing it long enough, but you've got that. But I just think that's an enviable position. Yeah, and and also my team, like you know, it's really just me and John. Still, Tom is a huge help, but he doesn't. It's not like he's like I need work. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need it at all. Yeah, him and his wife are both retired. Uh, let me just read this to you because it's interesting. This was yesterday. Message on direct to my website. Hey, I have a two-year-old house and the builder did not do a great job with a lot of the trim, mainly baseboards and quarter round. We are wanting to either have repaired or replaced. There are quite a few areas with this issue. Hmm. Thanks. And then I said, you know, hey, sorry to hear that. Do you have any pictures? I'll see what's going on. And she includes the pictures. I'm going to show you guys this because this is what I could go be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you said, "Hey, I don't have anything for you right now," I could go repair all this. Um, are you making better money now than you make before? Like, are those are uh, can you can you like if your goal was to make two thousand a week? I've just made that number. Yeah. Um, can you make that anywhere? Can you make that? I can make that anywhere. Yeah, I can make that. I would say it's about the same. You know, honestly, yeah, it's about the same. And that might be mismanagement on my part. I don't know. But yeah, I feel like it's about the same. And I feel like since I went up on my pricing, I don't get as many offer requests. Yeah, but I'm not even looking for work out there right now because you've kept us busy. So when I was and I went up like before we even started working with you, hey, you need to go up on your prices. You told me that. And I started to. I did get rejection, but I also got some exception, which makes which maybe then I wouldn't have to go to eight different mm-hmm. places in North Dallas that day, yeah. you know. So, yeah. 
I'm not really a. I'm not really like a. I know you are really like a numbers, stats, rational guy. I'm kind of just floating around type guy. Like, well, yeah, well, let's go do this. Well, you know? I I only <laughs> am because I. If I didn't, I wouldn't survive for sure. Right, and 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 I uh, I have had to become that person because mm-hmm. it's um, and I have to understand my numbers or you. you the the size of projects that we're doing and the money that we're that we're that it costs is too great for me to you know I can't cover I, can't, I yeah. can't cover those things I can't you know my payroll you know is a hundred thousand dollars a month right mm-hmm. and so you know I don't have you know yeah a bunch of hundred thousand dollar bills laying around <laughs> you know that I can just cover a few months of work and you so stopped making those a while ago so. You know, and so it's just um, <laughs> they stopped when they stopped the two dollar bill. Yeah, it's, it's the, uh, So you have there's no float. There's no. I mean, you're. Yeah, that's so, so it's, crazy. It's, so it's a, so you can see where my questions are coming from, and so you know, I'm like thinking like he's thinking deep on these things, but there's a question. Yeah. but I'm thinking about the guys out there who are trying to run their businesses. Yeah, and, and I and what I'm hearing from you is that you've set your business up. You know that you've got really. Th- you know, two or three revenue streams, right? You've got the revenue stream from the homeowners, you got the YouTube, and you've got these build clients that you've got that you're working for. But I would say That's, the 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 I, n- I never get the builder and homeowner at the same time. So really, it's I understand. Only two. I ju- okay. Oh, but, but I got you, what you, you mean, could though. jump over to that homeowner yes. revenue stream and tap into that if you wanted to. And so I think that you know it's a little bit similar to what what my business is. Is that I've got the mill side and the home building side. And you know, there's been years that the mill side has carried the home building, and there's side the home <laughs> buildings carried the mill side. It is so like that. Having yeah. alternate revenue streams is a wise way to set up your business. If you guys can do it out there, um, just diversify. Yeah, diversify and just don't be a one-trick pony. And then part of our, our even our diversification in the homeowner side is we do the painting. You know. Yeah. Like that's a freaking lethal weapon. Oh, you yeah. do the painting. Yeah, I can charge you for the painting too. You know, like nobody's doing that. I mean, there no. are, and especially but that, if you're out there, like at the job site, you could probably crank that out pretty quick too. Oh yeah, like it probably wouldn't. Yeah, the be that painting much, takes longer. Does it really? For sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. All the prep and everything, but because you got to um, wait for it to dry, is that what the long part is? Or? No. I mean, you got to mask, you got to sand, oh, you've got to caulk, you've got to fill, you got to prime, you got to sand again, you got to. I mean, that's, it's, the, that's it, the prep. The painting, psycho. the actual painting, can take you know Sentence. a tenth of, oh, yeah. of what I it could, takes. I could spray. I know you're not a fan of spraying, but I love spraying. I spray uh, a project, and we we always joke like I spray a project in less than a minute, literally. That's crazy. That's the quickest part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow. Whereas if you brushed it, it might, you know, it would take a lot longer than that. And that was one of the comments that client had the other day. Yeah. We had a video, a comment on the video where we did a recap or react to a new build old soul. Um, And what did the comment say specifically? Do you remember? Well, he was talking about you're chasing after all of these details and all this stuff, but then you spray painted the the woodwork. Yeah, you didn't hand paint the woodwork, and then you hand paint. And I said, "You're exactly right. <laughs> That's a, that, that is an old soul thing that you that that yeah. you know ninety percent of our clients wanted hand brushed. Um, that one didn't. That one didn't. That's crazy to me to think of because coming from the finish, I'm not a big into the finishing world, but uh-huh. I love finishes and I love the fact of like finishing my own stuff. It's like not like that today. Well, at you, all. but you think about when the spray equipment came in and became, you know, 
most dominant what in the 80s or something i mean I it, it wasn't in the 30s and 40s yeah. that you had spray <laughs> For rigs sure. anyway takes a change in here i mean paint was hand mixed until the 20s 30s 40s 50s That's right crazy. there was painters showing up at job sites in the 60s and hand putting in the umbers and the blacks and the whites wow. into a thing to get the right color so um, you know the whole idea of you know the shaking of the thing with the that that's a 70s 80s 90s thing it's not a it hasn't been around forever so yeah you know the the automotive finish right that 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 finish that guy was talking about where everything's sprayed and looks like a car yeah right is is actually not the way a lot of people that want an old soul Were want their cars house. ever hand painted i thought about that i i i gotta it think that been, they right? must have been that uh that they must have been they and had, I, yeah because there wasn't the they big came the 20s, they didn't yeah. have the spray thing yeah 1911 1912 was when the model t started taking off and so um who knew you yeah, I, I'd have to look at that and see because I, I thought the same thing. I was sitting there going, "Can you imagine having a car and seeing the the brush strokes of the car and then the paint?" Be really cool. I was, like, I was like, "Surely not." But maybe they use like a flat, you well, know, because the flatter uh, your, yeah. well, the and, matter and, your paint and is. they use levelers. I mean, they had the chemical things oh, yeah, to, to to do, gel it out. yeah, to gel it out. So mm -hmm. yeah, so I yeah, I'm a spray guy. Sorry. <laughs> I know I'm not gonna be painting for y'all. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, hey, you could have painted it. for that house. Which one? Oh yeah. yeah. No, I no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I can't. I don't. That was that that high gloss, which is like a lacquer. I I believe right, mm -hmm. like a lacquer finish. Yeah. I'm not messing with that. So, um, you know, what's next for you, Richard? You, you, you've kind of pivoted in your business, you know, from going to, uh, this homeowner route. You said you like the builder route. Let's say, you know, everything dried up at Hull and, uh, Lord, please don't let it dry up. Um, the, the, you know, where, what would you do? What, 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 how would you pivot? What would, where would you go? I think I would just continue doing what I've done, uh, taking the advice that you've given me of, uh, if everything did dry up with you, maybe reach out to other builders, um, continue to do the YouTube thing, yeah. um, continue to just do what I know. When you're 34, you have five kids, a mortgage and bills, you kind of painted yourself in this corner where you don't have like a lot of freedom to be like, oh, let me go try and something new. Sure. So I would have to just, I have no shame going back to the homeowners. Because to me, all I care about really at the end of the day is just like enjoying life. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't have big aspirations. I think we've talked about it. No, like, I, and I wasn't talking about, tell us your dreams. I was I was sitting there thinking practically in your build world, you know, how you did I go it. Back. And, and that's what I, I'm hearing. Practically, so. I go back to homeowner stuff, talk to builders. I continue to do YouTube. And um, Ashley's going to start she's taking a real estate test like in a few days Sweet. so she's trying to do that she's all nervous and i'm like you got it you know if you yeah. fail you try again you know mm -hmm. so she's gonna help me out financially with that because really it's all you know i'm passionate about this stuff obviously yeah but the finances do matter mm -hmm. so i have no shame going back to do inferior stuff to pay the bills mm -hmm. you know so the kids are getting to an age where she can actually we can leave them alone. So yeah. you could step out of the house. It's awesome. Cool. But I think yeah. too, I think you have uh, grown as a businessman and as a, even a craftsman, right? And, and the For kind sure. of things that you're looking at. So you would be 
you know, you can you can go back to the work with the homeowner. I'm not sure you would, right? I, uh, um, I wouldn't want to, wouldn't but want if to. I had to yeah, do it, I could. would. Yeah, for sure. Yes, the biggest thing that I've learned from you working with your company is that I can do anything. Mm. I can do anything. Like I, I when I came in here the first time, I always reference it. I'm like thinking, what the I heck? Never do but this. now I look at it and I say, I can do this. Yeah, I can do anything. And that's where I want everybody out there to get. I want them to be able to say, there's nothing we can't do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about my, my shop. I mean, that was a badge of honor for us for a long time. On a previous episode, we talked about my shop. That was a badge of honor that we could do anything. I mean, mm-hmm. anything from the past, carved wood, you know, stained wood, cut wood, you know, uh, any 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 wood, any material, anything, we could do it. And you did it. And and we did it. And it was just like it was kick ass. It was mm-hmm. it was it was awesome. And as a craftsman, I loved it. It's hard to build a business doing that. Mm-hmm. And so kick bottom for all you kids out there. So. <laughs> it it was you know, it was it was like felt like we had achieved the pinnacle of craftsmanship and quality and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was just there was a part of me that was that that, that was, you know, a badge of honor. Yeah. I think um I just unlocked a reason for Epiphany. my pet peeve. Yeah. I have a huge pet peeve when people don't try. Um and I'm just getting like oh, I just it's cuz he probably beat that into me. Yeah. Cuz you, you're you like you guys have that <clears throat> attitude. You keep saying like, "Well, don't well try it. Go do it. Go go achieve it." Like the only one limiting yourself is you is kind of the things that you're saying about yeah. a lot of these builders out there. And I get so angry with a kid when they're like, oh, I can't ever do that. I'm like, come on, dude. You can do yeah, it. Yeah, like, you would have hated me. Give me your try. <laughs> I was, no, I'm serious. I generally was like a pessimist. And yeah. if you're a pessimist, it's hard to convert to be right, an right, optimist. Right. So. I, think, I think people that are pessimists, though, are pessimists as a protective thing because they they don't want to try to yeah if if i try it and fail then i'm a failure and so if i don't try um and i you know then then i can't be a failure because you know uh, you know i never tried i never tried how many things do you think you've failed on over the years so like how much time yeah yeah i uh i mean my my point with that is that you've you've you wouldn't be where you are today without those failures there's a great quote by albert einstein about failure I don't know the quote or else I'd say it, but there is one. Thanks for sharing, Jackson. Here, I'll Google it. Real yeah. Um, it's great. It's But it basically just says, like, you'll never know how great you can be unless you fail a boatload of times. Well, I mean, that's the whole Navy SEAL thing. They, they, they push you to a to a level where you think you can't go on, and then you go on, and you're like, oh, I guess I can do more. Yeah. And uh, that's when I think about that. I think about my business and, you know, sitting on my couch those mornings going, well, this is the last day of my business. You know, <laughs> this it's over after this. Yeah. And you know, then the Lord allows it to keep going and, and you're like, Yeah. Oh, I guess I, I, I got the it. quote. It's failure is success in progress. I think it's great. Failure is, is success in progress. That yeah. is what you gotta you gotta know. keep failing until you finally succeed at something. And so Yeah, that's a great quote. I think it Never I remember that. hearing that. I, I used to have really bad fear of failure, but I remember hearing that and being like, Wow, that's so helpful because, you know, you're just you're just learning. You're just like growing as a person and getting better. And so, that's my new favorite quote. It's a good one. I love it. It's a really good one. Um, okay, thank you guys for watching this episode of the Passion for Craft podcast. Uh, hopefully, this was a good one. A little shop top a- shop talk action for all of you guys. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for watching. We really appreciate it. 
See you soon.